What's up, everyone? It's Joe from Build Assets Online. Mike is coming. I promise, but I wanted to press live to make sure that uh, you guys didn't think we left you hanging or anything like that. Anyway, there's Mike. We're live. Oh, my God. Boom. You jumped the gun. Hanging. I know. We got people in here. I screwed up the email, too, I think. I think I made it for uh, 4 a.m. No, no, I think, no, I, let me see. I don't know. You can keep talking what you're talking about. Well, just proof that you don't have to do everything perfect to, uh, just to, <laughs> to have a successful thriving YouTube channel like us. That's the story of our, uh, our whole lives, I guess. Pretty much. So anyway, Mike, we got a Q and a today, but for the a, we need some cues to come in. So anyway, so we need you, the people, to hit us with those those cues. Do you know where that's from, Mike? What you you the people? Uh, sounds presidential. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. But there's this there's there's this YouTube channel called the Wolf Pit, and this guy basically he goes to the Dollar Tree and like eats all like the worst foods you could possibly imagine, uh -huh. like the one dollar frozen meals, like. And, but the whole thing, like, I don't know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but like he tries it for you, the people, like, okay, that, that's the whole thing. I, it's a pretty, they have like so many subscribe. It's a, it's a big channel. Never mind, It's not that big. I don't know why I watch this kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I mean, I also figured we could dip into some of the common questions that we get, um, you know, from the course and basically things that people um, ask us about all the time. So actually the first one I want to get into is Bing. I know we made a video about this, about how we don't use Bing. We're taking all our, our shit off Bing. People say, Oh, can I, should I go on Bing? Should I go on Bing? Because people have this thing in their head that whatever they're doing, online has too much competition you know their, their dropshipping store has too much competition yeah whatever you want to call it so they feel like going to bing will solve their problems and i just want to address this again for people bing is not going to solve your problems bing can make your problems worse or it could be a nice little bonus to what you have going on we've had some students who tried to go and use Bing as their main advertising platform. And then they come to us with issues about, you know, Bing is, is not doing this right. They're not doing that right. And that's because the methods that we have and that we've prescribed to our dropshipping students for many, many years, it works on Google. Google is the platform where things are set up to work properly. Bing is just an emulation of Google. So the strategies and the little techniques that we use inside Google don't necessarily translate to Bing. Bing's advertising platform is, is, is lackluster to say the least, but you can use Bing conservatively to take advantage of people that um, are maybe on their desktop at their work. They're on internet Explorer or whatever. And it could be a good first step to get people in the door. It could be a good first step to get a little bit of sales, but are you going to run a $300,000 a month store 
off the back of Bing, a $400,000 a month store off the back of Bing? No, it's not going to happen. Right, right. And um, I have a question. I don't know. This isn't really a common question that we get in the course. And I actually want want to do um, an in-depth video inside the course about this. But maybe we can gloss over it here because I think this is something that is not well understood. And that is when you first start your store and you're getting suppliers, from what I'm kind of seeing from our experience and with what students do, um, there are suppliers that are just going to do that are going to be kind of what Bing is. They're going to be a nice icing on the cake. And there are suppliers that have the ability to take, go to the moon basically. And so do you, do you believe this is a true statement, Mike? Is this something you can evaluate upfront? Say you just got one supplier and you could look at their price list and say, you know, I'm probably not going to take this supplier to the moon, but maybe I can make a couple sales a month on this supplier and, you know, it could be a nice little um, side income. It's funny you say this because I was thinking about something along these lines because a common problem that I see now is that people will do this thing where they get the supplier, the supplier has a thousand products, they have a couple hundred products. And of course they outsource the up uploading of these products to a VA and what happens is the VA uploads all these products and you don't get to actually get a feel for these products. You don't get in touch with like, okay, maybe I should upload these product types first. You're kind of just throwing everything at the VA. They're uploading it and then you're just trying to run it all. When back in the day, Joe, we used to do everything ourselves. Well, we've done both. I mean, we have, we there have. was a time I'm, when I'm yes. getting, I'm getting to it. Yeah. I'm getting to it. Right. Yeah. So I have these memories back in the day. We got this big supplier, um, on, on a previous store that we sold and they had a you know a bunch of products and we decided to upload maybe 10 to, to 30 of these products. And we did it ourselves, but because mm -hmm. of that, well, number one, we went through the price list in depth and we actually understood their products. We studied it a little bit more. And we decided which ones to upload. Right. And then we uploaded them and then we knew exactly what was on our website. And for some, even though it was a, what I would consider not a great supplier, it seemed to work out for us. What is this? Is this the, what, is this like the first supplier we ever got? No, this is on our third store. Mm -hmm. They were in Canada. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 We didn't upload everything that they had. We only uploaded a, a select amount of things. Right. And their descriptions were shit. There was nothing special about them. They weren't a great supplier, but we seem to have a decent amount of success with them. Right. And I see some students that actually have this supplier and they don't really have a lot of success with them at all. And I'm becoming increasingly against having a lot of VAs trying to do everything with a VA where everyone's getting fired. This is, I think we should, we could have made a video about this. <laughs> there's really a lot of, there's, there's a lot of cleansing going on right now inside the bow universe. Right. So, but the point I wanted to make, you're talking about, can you have a supplier that's like decent? 
And they're kind of like Bing, right? They're not they're not going to take you to the moon. They're going to give you a little bit. And I wanted to, rather than address your question, right? I wanted to uh, rant about this because I feel like people could be getting a lot more out of their suppliers if they did things manually. Right. And, and it's not even – I don't even really have it in question form, obviously, but it's just something that I've been feeling like, uh, you know – when students are talking about their supplier outreach and kind of just seeing some of the stuff that people are doing lately, it feels mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know, for some reason, I've just been having this feeling of something has to, yeah, it's not just what you're saying. It's not just getting the supplier, throwing it out. Like you got to look at the supplier and see what's going on and, and recognize not every supplier is going to be, a go to the moon supplier, but I think there are things you can milk out of a lot of different suppliers. Right. You might not be milking. It's just this mentality now that people want everything outsourced. They want the done for you service. And this is why people pay $20,000 for a done for you service. And then they have no results. And then they come to us. It's like, how can you expect to not do anything, to not put in any effort into mastering something? And just have a bunch of VAs overseas somehow put put the whole picture together and it's going to result in you having this great success. Yeah, it could. I mean, you can get to a point like that, but you can't not do the work up front to get exactly. the, you can get get to the, the mastery. Yeah, we don't upload products ourselves anymore, but now we, when I get in a supplier or whatever or two, I'm going to go through their price list. I'm going to be able to feel things out in a way because – I've been there where I, we were uploading everything ourselves and I, I just understand things a little bit more. People are in this mentality where they don't want to do the work up front. They just want everything to be handed to them. VAs upload the products, VAs answer the phones, VAs call the suppliers. And just the, the, the chances of having success when you overload VAs on the front end, like of, of your business and of your, you know, into your business journey, it lowers your chances of success. Right. Right. Absolutely. VAs come in handy once everything is rolling and you have a pro and you have a process and you once in a while you, you'll have a special VA who is willing to kind of add on to what you're doing and, and do a little bit of learning on their own, take things to the next level. We have a couple of those for sure. Um, but a lot of, I don't want to say just VAs, this is with hiring people in general. Um, they're not going to go above and beyond what you're telling them. And they're not going to figure things out on their own. That is that that is typical that they won't do that. So your process is you better have something to shoo them into that is going to make them profitable for your business. Exactly. You have to have their path already outlined. You can't expect uh, a VA or even a basic employee to go and make like make critical decisions in your business. Right. And uploading products, the action in and of itself is not a critical decision, but knowing which products to upload and knowing what you're uploading and understanding your supplier, that is critical. You can't just throw that out the window and just expect a VA to upload all these products and that everything is just going to fall directly into place. Right. And there has to be a, a path. You have to have a vision for your your store almost, I feel like. You know, in the course, 
you watch the niche selection masterclass, that should give you the roadmap, give you the vision. And then everything you do from there can be, you know, kind of catered to that vision. Right. Yeah. And part of what um, inspired me on this, I know you've said that you know, we've had some students talk about this, but talking to Raz and Sean, doing those interviews also inspired me because <sighs> oh, you bark. because they've had success for quite a while. I mean, Sean would land, Raz with dropshipping, and they don't have any employees. Yeah. They do everything themselves. And so they're so in touch with their businesses that it just seems to give them a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be in touch with what's going on. At the end of the day. So JP said, how much do you recommend to start? You got your email, Joe. What email? Your email on JP. I don't no, know. I think he's talking about your email that you sent at 4 a.m. Oh, you know what happened? I it, I set it to 4 a.m. and it was past 4 a.m. So it went out immediately. Right. So I think people got the email at 3.30. Right. So, uh, I email. mean, I think we always give the same answer to this. I I would say around 5K. Two, two to five, I would say. 5K if you're going to buy the course. <laughs> well, well, but you would need the course to, to not waste your 2K, I guess. But 2K is, is like with cushion, though. Yeah. Because if we, we've broken down the cost of, of having a dropshipping store um, a few times, and it's under $300 technically to start before you start running ads. Right. And then ideally, you make back the money on your ads when you're using your free Google credit. So Google will give you something like $100, $125 when you spend your first 100 So you spend 100 you get a free 100 Within that time, you should have your first sale and you should be profitable from then on. And you just basically roll that forward. But that can't always be the case for everybody. And you shouldn't only have $300 to start. And if you run out of that money, you're screwed. So yeah, like Joe said, you want a couple thousand. And uh, yeah, if you're under that, just exchange your uh, your your time for for dollars. Yeah, we should rent a Lamborghini. <laughs> I actually looked it up. There's one we can rent. It's like a thousand dollars for the day. That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll shoot a video in a Lambo. Just you trying to fi figure out how to drive it in like a <laughs> parking lot? That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, let's do it. Actually, let's do it. I mean, it'd be great. Book it. Book it for next week. <laughs> Justin said, "Yo, yo, <clears throat> where's the calamine lotion?" Justin, Aaron, what's up, Val gang? Thoughts: SEO, blog posts versus link building, which has the strongest effect on revenue? Uh, you know, Aaron's been asking me a lot of these questions inside the uh, inside the chat. And to be honest, they're really hard to answer because sometimes there's going to be low-hanging blog posts that are going to make you a lot of money and sometimes and that you're not going to need any links for or any domain authority. And sometimes there's not. So usually there are, but it really depends on that, I would say. It really depends on what are the low-hanging fruit of articles you can make that aren't going to require 
your site to have any link equity and then uh and then yeah so yeah and basically you can go after like the really low competition articles that can have a good effect and then if you want to rank for the big stuff you're gonna to have to start link building so i'd say eventually there, there comes a point right where you can put out just all the relevant articles whether that number is 20 50 100 you've put out all the, the articles that are relevant for what you're trying to target from there you have to build the links making more articles isn't going to help your cause right yeah i would just start with the low-hanging fruit and then um go from there i mean I would say that the low-hanging fruit is the best fruit anyway because, you know, once you get into link building, your expenses go up if you really want to scale it. So, you know, I would say capture all the low-hanging fruit and then you can move on to something else if you want. Like, you, you have to do SEO within the limitations of your your business. Right. So it could cost you a lot to rank for an article, a, a keyword or a batch of keywords. That's not easy to rank for. It could cost you next to nothing to rank for something that's easy, but high intent, but then you just got to decide, uh, you know, do I want to start investing this money hard to estimate how much it is sometimes and, and, you know, try to try to make it. It really just depends on, on you and your store and your budget, I'd say, but yeah. always low hanging fruit first, always, long tail keywords first right this is kind of outside what you're looking for i think but like we have we were having a conversation with that guy one time at uh jiu-jitsu he was talking about how you know he's trying to rank like insurance agencies and all those big type things and it's like they're just purely going after authority because if they're going to rank for the big stuff i don't really remember this Anyway, I'm telling things you don't, you don't remember. But anyway, if you're going to rank for like doctor's office or uh, dentist NYC, right? There's only so many articles you can put out. Right. That becomes a whole different. Yeah, there becomes a whole different thing when, you know, yeah, if your business model is, I guess the best way to put it is, is if your business model has limited dimensions. Like Mike said, if you're a dentist in New York City, you better rank for dentist in New York City. Um, obviously you can break it down into maybe different neighborhoods and different long tail versions of that, that you have a better chance of ranking for. But on a drop shipping store, the point is, is if you have a lot of different products, a lot of different collections, there's a lot of different uh, angles you can go for a lot of different articles you can write, but right. yeah. So Ranjit said your first supplier was not a domestic supplier. So this is when I was talking about, um, on our third store, we had a supplier that was not, they were in Canada. So no, they're for all intents and purposes, it was a domestic supplier. They were just in Canada and they shipped into the U S so anything that we do is going to be, if it's not, if it's not easily shipping into the U S because we're in the U S we're not going to work with them. Some, this is actually um, a good point because a lot of people, not a lot, but students have come to us and say, I have this supplier I got in touch with in Europe and they'll ship to the U S and all this stuff. And I'm like, don't waste your time on that. It's going to be such a headache to deal with versus just getting a supplier that's already in the U S not that it maybe can't work. And it's not that you maybe can't get an agreement with them, 
But when it comes to running ads and when it comes to doing business, how we prescribe you to do things, it's unlikely to be that big home run supplier, maybe a single or a double at best. And then add. Turn your phone off vibrate. It's making a big noise. Oh, my bad, my bad. Those cha-chings keep coming in. I'm just kidding. The Boris said, wow. Once you do it yourself, it's easier to envision what's possible. So he said, how would you recommend using the 2K um, a month to... No, how would you recommend using the 2K to start dropshipping? Well, it's kind of like we said, you can get everything going for under 300 and then you have 1700 left to run some ads, get some sales, and you can use that to kind of pay for things while you're waiting for... Uh, you're waiting for the, the funds to come in on Shopify because it takes two days after you get a sale for the funds to hit. Amazing Sports wants to see us in the Lambo. <laughs> I guarantee our viewership will go up. <laughs> I don't know how, today. how. What's that? At least you made the bed today. It's not made. It's not as crumpled. There you go. I oh, got a laptop. See, you're working under there. <laughs> That's my iPad. What were you going to say? No, I, I don't even know how to film the Lambo video. Like, what do we do? We need a camera crew as well. <laughs> I mean, we have phones. That's true. We'll make a TikTok. Amazing <laughs> said, once you have the supplier list, what do you evaluate when deciding on which products to list and how many product listings to start with? Good question. How do we evaluate it? Well, I think sometimes, especially when you're in the beginning stages, you don't know what you don't know. So in the example I was referring to, we had the supplier. Um, they were selling basically like bar and game room equipment. And I think we basically just took what had the best margin and we took uh, like stuff that was good price point. So we just kind of started with that. Let's see if they're good. This is a good supplier. And we put the ads up and we ran it. Um, there was another instance where we had a supplier that had literally maybe 10,000 plus SKUs. And I didn't want to have our team go and upload all these SKUs because I knew once I put them into the ads account, it's like, how am I even going to manage this? I don't know what any of these things are. So I basically just called up my uh, rep. I said, all right, give me the best sellers here. So he gave me the best sellers. I uploaded those. Maybe it was like 10 to 20. And this was a non-map supplier and it, it worked out. Okay. I'd say it was a solid, you know, base hit. Cause I, I, there was no maps. So it was hard to scale, but they were, they would produce a few hundred, sometimes over a thousand dollars a month for us in profit. So, right. So I, I would say, I mean, this is what I wanted to get at before is when you're looking at a price list, the reason why it's such an important piece of information to have is because your, your, your margin is on there. And when I say your margin, it's how much you're going to make if you sell this product, Never mind like the percentage, but what is the dollar amount that's going to go into your pocket if you sell this? And that determines essentially how much you could spend on it. Right. 
I mean, that's it, it's common sense at the end of the day, but I feel like a lot of people don't apply the the common sense to it. Yep, that's why these low ticket jabronis can't hang with us. <laughs> I, we're always doing things that can make us a good amount per sale. And once you do that, things start to uh, open up quite nicely. Wait, can you drive stick? No. So how are we going to rent a Lambo? Well, that's what I'm saying. We make the video of you trying to, to drive the Lambo. Okay. I guess we could just pose in front of it. I, I think you failing to be able to drive the Lambo would be the best. What if I break it and like stall it out? I don't think stalling it out breaks it. I think it just. These Italian cars, you know, you know they just probably going to fall apart. They... As we... Probably just going to fall apart as we drive it. Yeah, I, I don't understand the Italians. They make these nice things and then they just break. <laughs> yeah. They work for like one month out of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fernando says, will suppliers be willing to onboard new online retailers in the next few weeks? My sales, sales tax certificate won't be arriving till then. <laughs> Only one way to find out, my brother. But... Let me add something. Not every uh, industry and supplier is like going to have a crazy Black Friday, Cyber Monday. There, some for some people, Q four is downtime. So those people may be more willing, but you really you never know what's inside the head of the rep, the supplier. You can catch anybody on a good day or a bad day, and that can determine if you get in with them that day or not. What do you got to add here, Joe? I mean, I think it's better if you have that, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I'm not really one to think about the Black Friday type stuff. I guess when it comes to this, I'm more thinking about like the long uh, term, I guess. Like, I guess when I do anything, I don't really care. And, this is just, this is just with business, I guess. I'm not the, like this with everything, but over time you become accustomed to saying like, "All right, this task I'm doing now, I don't care how much it makes me in the next couple weeks or the next month or even couple months. I'm just focused on what I'm going to be doing that's building up to a, a bigger thing." So, right. I guess I'm not really stressing about a few weeks. Well, he's also asking about the resale certificate. And I should also add, I think you would agree with this. There's nothing stopping you from calling now and getting like in with those suppliers now, even if they require a resale certificate for you to get like officially onboarded. The way that it works is you got to speak to these people, whether it's phone or email, and they got to say, okay, we'll let you in. And then they email you the docs to sign. They say, give me back the resale certificate. So once you get to the point where they're asking you for a resale certificate, you're already in. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. I, I think definitely there should be nothing you holding you back from, from contacting. Right. So if you call now, you can get them on board now and maybe, yeah, maybe they can't officially let you sell stuff until you have the resale certificate, but it's not going to stop you from convincing them to let you sell their stuff. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. 
Ranjit, is using your competitors' websites as inspiration for your own site, the only resource you would recommend. Um, I mean, what else is there? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to do? You want to go to a marketing and graphic design school, become like a specialist and, you know, creating a disruptive website in, in, uh, in your industry, really, really changing the game, reinventing the wheel. That's the thing, right? Everyone is just modeling off of each other. Model off of Amazon, you can model off of Wayfair. It doesn't have to be your exact competitors, but if you want to know how to make a good e-commerce store, you got to look at other e-commerce stores and see what they're doing. Exactly. You're not going to start from scratch and custom code everything. Exactly. Don't steal their code, but you know what I'm saying. Don, how do you apply keywords you found with the KGR method? How do you apply them? I don't know what, what you mean. Well, you, you just write the article, right? Right. I mean, or, you're asking like how to format the article? Well, you could write an article. You could make a collection page even, potentially. Yeah. I mean, Which yeah. Kind of a, a hybrid, right, between an article and a product page. Yeah, it just depends what it is. I mean, if you have like... Um, if you find a KGR keyword, that's like, um, I'm trying to think like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like a weird, like actually kind of a short tail phrase that would be kind of like a unique keyword. Oh man, I can't think of anything. Okay. Hold on. What's, what's like a unique color? Magenta. Okay, yeah. So let's say magenta fandelier. A fandelier is like a, co a combination of a fan and a chandelier. <laughs> and, and say you have a page that's, or you know, a collection of magenta chandelier uh, fandeliers. You can just make um, a collection page of magenta fandelier for sale. Right. I mean, it depends on what your uh, website is too. Like, if you have a if you have a blog site, you don't need a collection page. You're just you just make a list, a listicle or whatever. Yeah, you could do it both ways. I mean, it really depends on the – like I don't want to say there's a hard and fast rule to uh, to doing it, you know. So do you write an article about every keyword you found? I also wanted to ask if you guys write articles on Shopify. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, I mean when you say every keyword, like – if it's relevant, yeah. If it's relevant, I'm not gonna say don't do it on every topic. Like, say you're looking for best lawnmowers for hills, you're not gonna write it for another keyword that's like best lawnmower for driving uphill. Like, you're just gonna take the topic, pick the highest volume keyword, and go with that. You're not gonna create two pages about the exact same thing. You kind of got to feel this out a little bit. But and yes, you would write it on Shopify. But if you have a, a magenta fandelier and you have a teal fandelier, you know, those are all different collection pages you can make because it's all different intents. So you got to kind of uh, weave your way through the world of queries and the world of intents. Intent. It's a niche, Joe. Freaking fandelier. 
I know. I almost made a blog site on this. I don't know. I just never went through with it. This is crazy. It's like kind of. I have one. Where? <laughs> In my bedroom. You won't make your bed, but you're gonna buy a friggin' family no, not, here. Not in this room. I said to, I said to my wife, like we've you know we've lived in this house for a while, and I said to her like after like a year or whatever, I was like, is that a fandelier? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I was like, there wow. you go. See, that's that's niche research right there. For real, like, come on. <laughs> we're, we're giving it away for free here on the show. The Fandelier is great. Because, listen, fans, chandeliers, everyone knows about it. The Fandelier, it's right there in front of your face, hidden in plain sight. And I feel, you know, look, I've looked into Fandeliers a little bit just because I was researching it for a blog site. They're not super expensive, a lot of them. But if you can make a dropshipping store on Fandeliers, like – uh. I think they were, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it too much, but like, I feel like it, it could be kind of like broad enough to where it could be good. And you could really be the, uh, the Fandelier authority. Dude, I'm all in on the Fandeliers. I'm looking at this right now. This has keywords everywhere saying 2,700 uh, searches a month for Fandelier. 2,700 or 27,000? 27,000, sorry. Wow. Maybe I should have made the blog site. That would have been sick. Make it. I didn't know how to do it because it was all like um, – I don't know. It was all like collection page keywords. I didn't really know how to do it. God damn. It would be cool if we could sell them. I feel like it would be a good but, – but we're not going to do that. Another free idea on the show that none of you listeners are going to do. <laughs> Don Dinho said Brazil. Us, my brother. Guys, I gotta flex the Lambo for the views. Yeah. This is the problem, Joe. It's not that, like, it's not about being rich. It's just about <laughs> people need to see that you have at least $1,000 to spend on renting a Lambo for a day. <laughs> That's all they want to see? Yeah, if you're not willing to go out of your way... And spend a few hundred bucks to get a Lambo to at least look like you're rich, then you're not going to get any respect. Or said, respect from who? Who do I want respect from? From 17-year-olds? I feel like that's the problem is that a lot of these big channels who teach the ways of dropshipping that we don't recommend, you know, their audience is not the type of audience that I would want as a as a customer. Oh no, for sure. I'm joking, but yeah, dude. I mean, some of the ads I get these days on uh, Instagram and stuff. It's not as much that anymore, but it's just like this uh, this short bite type content that people make. Where I can't, I don't even know how to explain it to you because you're not on social media like that. But it's so infuriating. I'm so sick of it because it's just so fast. I feel like my brain – and they, they show you ads every three seconds because my brain can't handle it anymore. Yeah, that's what happens. 
Okay, Sean, to answer the comment about which products to list, doesn't it make sense to look at the margin to decide which products to list and suppliers to list for? Yeah, I mean, that's, that? that, that's, what we, uh, that's what we said, but I think he asked that before we said it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what you, I would base my uh, decision on, right? Uh, so we talked about this. Big Tim Skellinger's here at the Billboard Music Awards. <laughs> what's up tim oh gee morris said too late his fanbuilder site is live good why don't you reveal it so we can we can review it fernanda said do you guys use the order notes field for your store in the cart page um we have and we have not haven't seen a huge difference not make or break but we got people in here we're running out of questions guys i think we're fully out so if you're here give us a thumbs up that's just as good as a question but also you know i can't just sit here and take it easy all day so what else is going on joe um not much i guess getting a lot of blog sites up i i guess um yeah yeah. I mean, uh, it's a long process to implement, to, to do this by long. I mean, like you have to wait a while, um, since, since I started this, this project and this mindset to blog sites. Um, so basically like I was explaining before, the idea is to treat instead of focusing on a big blog site, I think it's all about being in a rotation of, of flipping them. So you mm -hmm. get a site up, you, you maximize the uh, traffic based on the domain name and how you structure the site. So it's not that expensive. You don't need a ton of links to rank for stuff. You do that, you get another site up. Even if you get the site to, I mean, I'm going to shoot really low here. A couple hundred dollars a month, so you get to $300 per month. You can sell it for 40X, it's $12,000. $12, and that's, you know, very, very minimal effort. It's like a cheap land deal. And it costs you how much to make? A site like that, that size, you know, probably only costs, you know, 1000 Right. So, I mean, but here's the thing. I want to go back to the VA talk. Yeah. People, more people are coming in here and they missed it. That VAs are a thing of the past. <laughs> we're, we're done with VAs. Well, because... All right, go on. You can you can add the little exceptions later. But think well, about what you're talking about. Here. I don't I don't want to offend the uh, the person that's going to be listening to this. And, oh no, Josh, we love we love Josh. All right, but we have to get out of this mindset that you can just take a business and just hire a bunch of VAs and that the business is going to go well. Think about this SEO endeavor that's been going on for us for many, many years. Where would it be if you found out, oh, you know, you can write uh, blog articles, you can make niche sites, whatever. And you said, hey, all right, I'm just going to have VAs set up the website. I'm going to have VAs write the articles, whatever. You know, you outsource the article content. You try to totally outsource the entire process. From start to finish, keyword From research, to everything. 
it would go absolutely nowhere. It would go nowhere, and you have no, you would have no idea why it went nowhere. There were so many things that you were not aware of that went into the building of the site, that went into the keyword research, that went into writing the articles, that went into posting the articles, that you wouldn't even know where to begin to troubleshoot it. Absolutely. And Versus I how, you know, we've outsourced plenty of things. We've had good VAs. But you are so involved in the process, and especially in the beginning, that it allowed us to iron out so much of the process. And we're still ironing out things to this day. So when it comes time that we have a task, we want to put a VA on, we know the ins and outs of the task. We understand what can go wrong and what cannot go wrong. And that way we can give them clear directions and there's nothing to be misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I mean, I think the whole, this whole mindset, I feel like it really, really stems from the, uh, the Amazon automation thing. I don't know if that's still a thing, but uh, it was kind of a, a thing that people sold other people online for a while was Amazon automation. You're going to get an Amazon business and it's going to be automated with VAs. I believe it was basically just like drop shipping from Walmart or vice versa or whatever. But this whole thing is to be managed by VAs and you buy it and then it's good. But that is not the, that is not, I mean, even if it worked for a while, you're basically getting no skills from that. Right. The skill acquisition put, is what's important. Put $20,000 in stonks. Because <laughs> at that point, you, it's, there's no difference. You put $20,000 in stocks. You have no idea what the business, like how the business is being run, if it's going to go up or down. You have no control over either one of those things. Absolutely. So. And you know, another, another, another thing on that note, Mike, there's a lot of talk about uh, recession, depression, economic woes coming down the uh, the pike and there's a site we showed on that on one of our previous streams clockway that site is down right now according to the better business bureau clockway yeah, on everything <laughs> well clockway filed for bankruptcy they're out of business boom now i don't really know many i don't know any details into their business at all so this is this this is just speculation but how do you go from an authoritative website? I believe last I checked, I mean, they had a lot of paid traffic going on. I mean, by all for all intents and purposes, they had a lot of organic traffic going on, which was which is now which was now down to zero. But they had a lot of things going for them. But for them to go bankrupt, it means that their financials weren't right and when it comes to drop shipping there's really only two ways to get your financials wrong number one is you outsource way too aggressively way too early number one number two is you overspend on products that don't have the margin to support that i was gonna say they took too many back orders <laughs> Maybe that's another, I mean, that's another thing you could do. That's another thing you could do. Yeah. But still, but still, I mean, I feel like that shouldn't, that shouldn't kill you. Like it shouldn't. It, yeah. If assuming a big site like clockway has any sort of finance department, they would never run into an issue relating to that. 
But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? The whole reason we wound up building these businesses and crafting things into the way that they are now is we saw the potential of having businesses that had the ability to expand, but also to contract when things get bad. Right. And the the number one rule, I don't know, Warren Buffett says this, whatever, just don't lose money. That's all you have to do. Everything is clouded by the way business is portrayed in the uh, in the mainstream. Whether it's Shark Tank, whether it's whatever, you got these VCs, venture capitalists, just money is just flowing everywhere. A lot of the, and people think, oh, that's what business is. You get you get financing, you have this, you get an office, you get you know you get this whole thing, and everything is just you're not actually making a profit. So many businesses don't actually make a profit. And hey, for for businesses like Amazon or whatever, I'm not saying that that doesn't work in some circumstances. Uh, but for you sitting in your house trying to achieve financial independence, that's the wrong state of mind to be in. That's the video with the Lambo. Are you sitting in your house trying to achieve financial independence? <laughs> yeah, Tim, I'm back to doing everything on my own again after having seven full-time VAs for a while. It's nuts. Listen, it's going to be a great day when we have Tim back on – not back. When we have Tim on the podcast because I, I don't know. His story is is very eclectic. I don't even know what goes on. I don't even know what goes on. But, Mike, you know what scares me about that's what, what he just said there? You know what scares me about what he just said? <clears throat> it's nuts. The word everything. What is everything that Tim is doing? What should he not be doing? I don't know. I don't know what everything encompasses, but I feel like it's a lot of things. Yeah. All right, so let's let's backtrack a little bit. How was college experience for both of you? Did you guys even go to college? I did go to college and um, I have my master's degree actually. And in marketing. No, not in marketing at all. Um, but yeah, if, well, what do you mean? When you say experience, I guess let's talk about the academic experience. I would say it was a waste of time. We have a, <laughs> we have a student right now uh, that, actually is in college taking courses and he was just sending us some questions about his uh is he it's actually like a, a search engine marketing course and he was sending us some of the questions he has like a quiz what a complete waste of time like who is this um starts with a, a z i gotta find that i i missed that yeah what a complete utter waste of energy time like it, it, it the question it's just a total disgrace so i would say unless you're going to go into a specific field where and you know you want to go into that field whether it be uh you know doctor lawyer engineer and you know you're you're committed to that and you know that that's what you want to do i would say don't go to college yeah how are you going to sit there and and Go take a search engine marketing course from a pr professor that's not ranking and banking. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. That stuff is just common sense. 
I mean, I, I did go to college. I thought my college experience education wise was good. Well, you were in a very specialized field. Yes. But, but <laughs> liar. <laughs> but the question is, well, you were an engineer of some sort, but the question is, you know, when you got into that field, did you know that, that, that you were good? Like, did, did you think that this is it? Like I'm doing this for the rest of my life? I don't know. You have to make a decision when you're 18 years old about what you're going to do for the rest of your life, essentially. So I guess I was like, yeah, like I'll do this. Yeah. And then I think as time went on, I realized I didn't really want to do that. So but yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as an experience, I think it's the experience of college is separate from the education of college. Like, yeah, I mean, my experience, I feel like wasn't that, uh, that 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 different like like i feel like i just spent a lot of time in my room <laughs> well I'm, I'm, that's you but i think for people <laughs> like i think it's good for people to get out of their uh their mom's basement you know you could to do that like, with you could do that uh, without going to college i guess so you can take a twenty thousand you could take twenty thousand dollars have your parents save up twenty thousand dollars have you save up twenty thousand dollars and go to freaking Thailand and try to make an online business work. And that that's that's your college right there. <laughs> I would say the you don't have to degree. do that. Just do you could get a you could get an apartment. Well, I don't know. The the prices are crazy nowadays of like rental units and whatever. I, it depends where you live too. Yeah, I don't know. If you want to go to college, that's that's fine, but nothing nothing about college is gonna have anything to do with this. So Aaron said, how fast do these long tails start ranking with barely no competition? It does depend. <laughs> it depends on your site uh, authority. It, depend it depends on a lot of things. But uh, Aaron, you know, uh, you're asking a lot of questions in this realm. I'm wondering how many articles have been done in the span of when since you started asking uh, the questions. What's the fastest we've ever have had something rank? Like, well, first page or something. Um, I mean, it really did like a day. The longest is like eight months. So yeah, a day to eight months. Eight months is the longest? Yeah, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a more difficult keyword and, and it's not that relevant to the, the theme of the site, yeah, it'll take longer. I'm saying I'm surprised by that short. Well, if it's – so if it's a non-difficult keyword and it's on the topic of what Google likes about your site, then yeah. So say you have a Fandelier site. Your site's all about Fandeliers and then you answer this obscure long-tail question that has like 10 keyword volume. You'll probably rank for that in a day. I was thinking along the lines of like – some of our bigger sites, I feel like we have articles that maybe never saw any sort of rankings until like years later. Is that true or no? Um, so it, it, it's kind of like hard. So some of the bigger sites we've made that uh, didn't do well with the latest updates that keep bouncing in and out, but they don't have the, the relevance. And I think that's like a really important thing. So like, oh. If you have a site about Fandeliers, like I said, 
and you're the authority on 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 fandeliers or a certain like subtopic of like fans or, or something and then you put out uh like i said an easy to rank for thing something that has like 10 search volume that's a very specific question you could rank pretty quick but you know if you put out a, a page or an article on like white fandelier or something and then there's a bunch of other pages about that it could you know it could take longer it will take longer right so if you're doing things the way that we prescribe now in a more tight-knit fashion realistically things should start ranking within eight months i would say the longer tail the better so also the other thing is is that you should rank for your primary keyword pretty quickly. And if it's a long tail keyword, you should rank for that pretty quickly. However, the thing is, is that, so say you're ranking for uh, best fandeliers for living room. You might rank for best fandeliers for living room, but just that one search. But it may take a, wh a while for the other related searches to, to come in. Joe, fandelierauthority.com is available. I already have a Fandelier domain. Why isn't it FandelierAuthority.com? Uh, I'll tell you what it is, actually. It's a... Hold on. Fandelier Fanboy is available. I got Fandeliers101.com, I think. Not bad. Yeah. That's more of an info position yeah. site. Yeah. Um, where were we here? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, if you want to learn more about Fandeliers and how to build websites you can sell and have a portfolio worth over a million dollars of these ridiculous online assets, go to buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. You can see our exact methods. And if you want to dive deeper, you want to see the A to Z, how to set up a dropshipping store, how to build the blog sites, do everything. That's buildassetsonline.com slash enroll. Yep. And to get one-on-one -on -one support with us. So, All right. Let's wrap it up here, Mike. We got five minutes left. We got a couple more questions. I got to pee, though. Pee in a bottle. <laughs> they can't see you. They can't see you. <laughs> uh, Aaron said, what type of sites did you guys just recently sell? Uh, it's all on our YouTube channel. Nothing's been recent. Our, our last website sale was a few months ago. Uh, yeah. Check out our YouTube channel. We have an interview with Pat Yates of Quiet Light. And uh, I want to say one more thing about the VAs, Joe. Sure. <laughs> Quiet Light Brokerage. We sold our... our uh... <laughs> Quiet Light Brokerage. We sold our... Uh, we did our biggest deal there. And there were some elements of the way that you sell websites on that brokerage versus Empire Flippers that I didn't love. But what I did love about Quiet Light was the lack of VAs. Empire Flipper ah. throws you into this these 36 chambers of VAs that you got to deal with to get your website up, to sell the website, and then to do the migration. Yes. Yes. It's like Dante's Inferno. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when we sold our Kindle store, uh, not our store, but our catalog and then our website to go with it. The uh, um, the person that bought it 
had us dealing with her VA. Oh, that was a, that was a whole separate thing. So, but it was like VAs upon VAs all layered together in 10 million different email threads that were hundreds and hundreds of things long. My computer almost exploded. <laughs> it was, it was so ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, the person that bought the Kindle site from us, it wasn't like it was like an overseas VA or anything. It was just like they had like a like a personal assistant or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just the migration, the the training. It was like we would we would tell this person everything about how to run the business. I'd give SOPs, videos. Well, that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. Is she wanted? I mean, I guess you could say this is reasonable when you buy a business, but I feel like it's not practical to have like an SOP for every little thing. No, but I, I gave, I gave everything that she asked for, but of course the, her VA is handling everything. And then she wants to meet with us. And then she's asking, you know, wh where's this and this and this. And I, I was like, I gave you this weeks ago. Yeah. And so everything was just so lost in translation that it was it was a, a nightmare. Versus Absolutely. Quiet Light, it was just we had one one guy, boots on the ground, getting it done. And uh, I, yeah. I really like that aspect of it. And I'm looking at the website now. That website, oh my god, Which, I want the Kindle one. The Kindle one. I want to, I want to show a screenshot of this actually because this this is this is unbelievable to me. Oh, if I could. Um... I need to look for myself. Sorry. What? I'm gonna see if I could upload this. What do you mean? I wanna I wanna show a a screenshot of the to really wrap up the VA point. I don't know what you're gonna show. I'm yeah, gonna all right, show, all right. I'm gonna show the Ahrefs uh, graph. The oh, oh, you're showing the Ahrefs. The theme of the show, the overarching point was, yes. Before you're going to outsource something, truly learn it yourself and learn not just the task, but understand what you're getting into. So when it comes to like uploading products, you should, you should learn how to upload the products yourself and you should be learning your supplier's product list, understanding their product types, understanding your margins. And then that way, when you actually have someone outsource it, you know exactly what you want them to do. People need to stop just trying to throw BAs at a problem and expect yeah. everything to go well for them. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't pull this up. I don't, it's not letting me, uh, you're trying to show the AA trucks for the Ahrefs graph old, uh, of the, of the site that we sold. The one, like the, the Kindle site. I gotta see this for myself. Hold on. I gotta go, but let me, let me, let me see. I'm going to see if I could pull this up, but I don't want to have to like, uh, See if we can figure this out real quick, real quick. Oh gonna... no! Wait. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I think we can just explain it, John. Well, I think you got to see it. I, I, I think you got to see it because, you know. This was another thing that we kind of gave the SOPs for, provided some guidance. I, you know, I tried to provide some, uh, some really detailed guidance with this, but she says, oh, I'm giving it to my, uh, like 
my developer guy or I'm giving it to like someone that was, I don't know, like the, someone that didn't have knowledge of this, but she just, instead of learning it, she just gave it to, uh, to someone. And there's the result. <laughs> there's the result. <laughs> and that's how we're going to end the show. I love it. So it was really a, a beautiful website. It, you know, it had a lot of traffic with very minimal, uh, anything. But it was yeah. a work of art. The site barely loads. There's no detail. Like she didn't even check. The site barely loads now. And it was like that ever since we handed it off to her. But all right, let's end it here. I got to go. I got to pee. And uh, it was a good show. Good stuff. Build Thank assets online. Hanging out. Build assets online.com slash playbook. Get the free course. $1 million in online assets. How you can do it too. Go there. Get it now. Until then, take it easy. Thank <laughs> you.